0: If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful erev of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you once again. It's been some time since we've shared time together. But thank God we are together to talk about a Parsha, to talk about life in general from a jewish perspective from a torah perspective which is so vital and important at this particular time in our history in our lives it's a confusing time it's a time that we look at the world and we wonder what is happening how crazy the world has become how confused the world has become and we mustn't allow ourselves to be contaminated by that confusion and by that uncertainty it's a time to be strong it's a time to be clear it's time to stand with clarity of thought with a devotion to something which is higher to something which is stronger it's the month of shvat we haven't had a chance to talk about this particular month but it's an important month it's the 11th month of the year and the number 11 is an interesting number on the one hand, our sages tell us, our kabbalistic sages tell us that the number 11 relates to the darker side of God's creation. 10 is the perfect number, 10 is the number of creation, and 11 goes beyond that. And therefore, the number 11 is often associated by that which is considered, well, darkness. On the other hand, they tell us that 11 symbolizes greatness because it's the number that goes far beyond the acceptable, far beyond the ordinary, far beyond that which we normally consider what we are able to do the number 11 indicates something greater than that. And this is what the month of Shvat is all about. The month of Shvat is a time that we are able to achieve something far greater than our normal abilities. We are people that have great talent, great abilities. A human being is gifted by God with outstanding strength, with outstanding talents, mind, heart, body, soul creative thoughts all sorts of gifts that god gives us the month of shvat tells us you're able to go way beyond that to take that and to build on it in extraordinary fashion this is what the month of shvat is all about the month of shvat is also the 11th month that we read about in the book of deuteronomy it's the 11th month where moshe just before the jewish people entered the promised land and just before moshe left this physical world he taught the torah to the jewish people because this is a month where moshe the ultimate leader the great leader devoted to his people teaches the people the entire torah and he teaches the people the entire torah from two perspectives on the one hand from his perspective he received the torah at sinai moshe is the one who understood who is able to accept the Torah at the highest possible level, and this is what he shares with the people. But at the same time, he understands the specific limitations, not only of the people generally, but of each and every single individual, and therefore communicates that which he understands at the highest level to the individual who is limited within their own situation. This is the great leadership of Moshe greatness but he understands the specific conditions of each and every single individual the word shevet comes from the word shefat comes from the word shevet which also refers to a stick and there are different hebrew terms referring to a stick the word shevet talks to us about a stick that is on the one hand slightly firm but it's also flexible because there are two different types of sticks. There's the stick that has been cut away from the tree, and over time it becomes firm and unbending, and it becomes stiff. And then there is the branch, the stick, that is flexible. It's a stick, but it's flexible as well. It indicates firmness together with compassion. And this is something which we need in our lives. firms to indicate a set of values, a set of principles, which are clear and defined. But compassion, when we apply them to others. This is what Shabbat is all about. Shabbat is a time that we have to apply those incredibly eternal values, unchanged, but with compassion as well the combination of that which is firm and flexible at the same time. This is the ultimate teaching method of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Moses, the ultimate leader. And this is something which is so important in every single type of relationship. Relationship between people, relationship between parents and children, relationship between teachers and pupils, the ability to communicate with firmness to a certain degree, the absolute truth and value of something that has eternal value without changing even one iota of that which it stands for, but at the same time to ensure that it's done with a sense of compassion and softness and to apply it in a way which makes it easier for the recipient to take it and to apply it to their own lives the month of shvat also has the incredible festival of chamisha asar b'shvat, commonly known as Tubishvat, the rosh hashanah the new year for trees and that's important because man is compared to the tree the torah tells us that man is like the adam eights hasada man is compared to the tree of the field and one wonders why of all the things within god creation What is it about the tree that is so similar to man? And there are so many similarities. The fact that it's rooted, and a human being has to be rooted. A human being has to be rooted in a type of ground that is strong, that enables him to stand strong and firm in his faith, in his beliefs. And it also indicates a connection to the past, there is that which appears above the ground, the trunk, the ability to appear with a sense of strength and presence. The growth, the fruits, and those fruits, they themselves become instruments of growth for future generations. There are so many similarities between the tree and the human being. But it's important for us to understand that it's not only those external similarities. Our Kabbalistic sages tell us that in the metaphor of Kabbalistic terminology, the tree refers to the emotional dimensions of man, the characteristics that a person possesses, the characteristics with which a person is born. And as a person develops in life, one begins to wonder If I have negative dimensions to my personality, to my character, am I expected to, well, throw them away, disregard them, reject them? No, they say. You have to use them and transform them. We aren't expected to change our nature, but we are expected to use our nature in a positive sort of way. This is why we are compared to the tree which is the symbol of emotion, which is the symbol of the human character. Important for us to understand. We live in a world where so many choices and we think to ourselves in order to somehow apply certain choices in our own lives, we have to reject who we are. We have to reject the characteristics, Characteristics of which we, we were born with. That's not true. We take our nature and we apply them correctly. We use them correctly, like the stick that's firm and flexible at the same time. Compassion and clarity. More of that. So. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska only on 101.9 High FM. The Parsha is Bo. And Bo is a powerful Parsha because, first of all, it contains the last three of the plagues. In fact, the word Bo, which means come, the numerical value of Bo is three, and it talks about the last three plagues. Plagues: the plague of locusts, the plague of darkness, and the death of the firstborn. And with it, Pharaoh and Egypt are completely crushed. And we begin to read about not only the incredible story of the new moon, with which the Jewish people are given their first commandment, the mitzvah of the korban pesach, the paschal sacrifice, the actual story of the liberation. The Jewish people are going to march out of Egypt triumphantly after hundreds of years of terrible slavery and the question is what is so special about these three final plagues they stand alone somehow these are the three that talk to us about giving the final blow to pharaoh in egypt and the commentaries talk about so many different dimensions and so many different elements just one or two the locust. The locusts came and they completely devastated the entire harvest of the land. It was a cloud that was so huge it covered the entire land. In fact, you couldn't see the earth beneath you. It was completely dark as a result of this massive cloud of locusts that swept in and ate everything that grew. But when you think about it, a swarm of locusts, that was literally hundreds of kilometers wide, made up of single, small, individual creatures. And yet, when they all came together, they were able to bring about complete devastation in Egypt. When you take that thought and try to apply it in a positive way, you begin to understand the power of the individual very often people think to myself to themselves what benefit am I or one action big deal I'm a speck on the line of history and this big massive world what real value do I have I'm nothing I'm one of billions and billions not only in terms of people who live today, but throughout history. What value do I have? And what value does any act that I do have? And yet, when you consider the collective power of all these single individuals and single acts, it's enormous. And if it's enormous in a destructive way, How much more so is it enormous in a constructive and positive way? Each and every single individual counts, and each and every single action counts. Every time we do a mitzvah, every time we fulfill one of God's commandments, it adds up, it adds up to this massive, massive conglomerate of incredibly powerful positive strength. And it has this incredible strength to bring about change. If it can be so in a negative sense, how much more so in a positive sense. The locust, this massive cloud of small little creatures, devastates an entire country positive individual small things coming together are able to do great things all these points of light all these positive actions all these great mitzvot all these acts of goodness and kindness they collect they add up they become powerful and then comes darkness There are those who are dedicated to bringing darkness to the world. That's their life, that's their ambition, that's their whole purpose. That's what they're concerned with in thought and speech and action. We've seen it throughout history. We've seen it throughout history again and again and again. Intelligent people, rich people, powerful people, And all they do is bring darkness to the world. What does darkness accomplish? We take a look at the darkness, the plague of darkness. It was so incredibly powerful that it was felt, it was crippling. Darkness cripples. It's not only the absence of light. It is something which is so strong within itself that it actually begins to cripple. And that's what darkness does. Darkness of thought, darkness of feeling, darkness of behavior. That's what darkness does, it cripples people. And often people don't realize that their darkness behavior, their darkness of thought cripples them. They don't know how to go forward. They don't see direction in life. This is the second of the three last plagues, darkness. What's the remedy to darkness? The remedy to darkness are two things. Number one, light. But sometimes light itself is not strong enough to overwhelm this darkness. Sometimes you have to find the hidden Powerful light within the darkness. We have to look at the darkness of the world and say, This cannot be. This has to be changed. This has to be transformed. This cannot continue. This is unacceptable. This type of thinking, this type of feeling, and you see it everywhere, even among the most civilized, the most intelligent, the most sophisticated. You look at them and you wonder, what is this? Where does this darkness come from? You have to learn how to reveal that inner light that's there. Not an easy job, but it can be done because the light is there, as we'll explain a bit later. And the final plague, the death of the firstborn. What does the firstborn represent? The power of the human being. The human being who is all powerful. I am the firstborn, denial of God. The human being is the ultimate authority in this world. That's where all disaster comes from. Whether it's a group of people or individuals, egotistical, who take control, who use their power in the most selfish and corrupt ways. That's what the firstborn represents in a negative way. And this is why that plague had to come. On the other hand, when we take the power of the individual, the firstborn, and we use it in a positive way, the nobility of the firstborn, the leadership of the firstborn, the ethical, decent, wonderful behavior of the firstborn, the example that he or she sets, It's altogether different. These are the three final plagues. How was this accomplished? Take a look at the beginning of the parsha. What does the parsha say? God says to Masha, come. I want you to tell Pharaoh something, but I want you to tell him in a particular sort of way because I'm gonna show you signs. And before you say anything to Pharaoh, these signs, that you have to retell the story in the ears of your children and your grandchildren, again and again and again in every generation. is That I made mockery of the powerful great nation, Mitzrayim, and the miracles that I placed in them so that they should know, and you should know, and they should know that I am God. This is a very powerful statement. First of all, a lesson in history. Make sure you tell every single generation about the mockery that I made of these powerful nations. Stop for a moment. Here we are, a small people in numbers, can't even call us a minority. And yet, we have been plagued by the most powerful of nations. Egypt, Persia, Rome, Spain, Germany. What does God say? He tells Alti, I made mockery of all of them. They rose to great fame and great power and they had the delusion that they would control the world and what happened, they were diminished, either completely eradicated or they became very small. Tell your children that story so that they should know, regardless of the fact that they are small in numbers. My miracles, my wonders, continue in each and every single generation. They have to know That God exists. This is the combination of the final three plagues and the story that has to be told to each and every single generation. We look at the world and we're often bamboozled by that which we see, ideas that we hear, philosophies that so-called charlatans tell us great things. And it sounds so acceptable and it sounds so interesting. And we kind of buy into that foolishness, and we forget. And one day we're deeply disappointed because they turn out to be lies. Deeply disappointed because people that we thought were friends turn out to be enemies. Deeply disappointed because nations that spoke about, well, great things turned out to be nations that are led by small, selfish people, and nations that ultimately fall. We have to tell each and every single generation the truth of who we are, what our set of values is all about. We have to know God and the miracles that he performs in each and every single generation and to understand that ultimately God makes mockery of those who attack his people, of those who hurt his people, of those who try to shame his people. They themselves will be shamed. Mockery will be made of them. More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So Parsha Bo talks to us about, as I said earlier on, the ability of taking that which is negative, transforming it into something which is positive. This is what the month of Shuvat is all about: its firmness with compassion, its understanding the realities but in no way compromising the principles. A difficult task, but it's a doable task, if we so want to. And I say this because tomorrow, the tenth of Shvat, is a very important day in the calendar of Chabad and World Jewelry. Tomorrow we commemorate the Yortsite of the previous Lubavitcher, Rebbe, Rabbi Joseph Isaac Schneerson, who passed away in New York in 1950. It's also the day, the 10th of Shvat, where the Rebbe, our Rebbe, accepted the mantle of leadership of the Chabad Lubavitch movement. And that day was a pivotal moment, not only in the history of Chabad, but in the history of world Jewry. Because when the Rebbe became Rebbe, he shared with us a vision, a vision of the world that basically not only changed the world, but empowered so many people to participate in that incredible change. The previous Rebbe left behind a mimer, a Hasidic essay, to be studied on the day of his Yerzait, in which he talks about the world changing for the better. How there was a process of negativity that took place in the world as a result of well the bad behavior of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, etc., etc. And then afterwards, beginning with Abraham, there was a process of reconstruction, of bringing divine revelation back into the world which culminated with Moses, with Moshe, and the building of the temple of the Mishkan. And the Rebbe, that was an essay of 20 chapters, and the Rebbe, our Rebbe, every year on that day would expound on one of those chapters, explaining to us the depth of what the previous Rebbe was saying because there was an important message to our generation. And that important message was, take the darkness of this world, and expose the inner light that is contained therein, transform it into something good. He spoke about the Sheker, the Sheker, the falsehood of the world. And he said Sheker is composed of the same letters as Kedesh and Kedesh are the upright boards, the upright pillars that formed the inner, the inner walls of the tabernacle. In other words, something which appeared to be negative can be transformed not only to something that is positive, but actually becomes the walls of the holy temple, which contains the revealed presence of God. This is the job of our generation, the generation that's going to greet Mashiach, the generation that's going to have the ultimate redemption. We have been empowered with extraordinary greatness. This was the vision of the Rebbe, and the Rebbe shared it with us, not only his vision, but the ability to participate in all of this. And this is the connection with Parsha Bo. Not only to see the negativity of the plagues, but to see that which is positive. And this is why within this parsha we have the mitzvah of the new moon, the beginning of light within the darkness change. And change is not only positive and necessary, but change can be accomplished by each and every one of us, and as I mentioned before, the individual actions of each and every one of us, every time a little girl lights a candle at of Shabbat, every single time a man stands in the street and puts on film, every single time each and every one of us, anyone, does an extra act of goodness and kindness it adds up it creates an enormous powerhouse of great great positive energy people tell me wherever they go in the world if it wasn't Chabad I don't know what I would do Asia South America North America throughout Africa throughout Europe wherever you go The presence of the Rebbe is felt. Not only in some well-distant sort of way, but in a practical way. A shul, a chabad house, kosher facilities, the need to somehow connect. Young Israelis who used to travel throughout the world, their address was Chabad, whether in the mountains of South America or traveling through Asia. The vision of the Rebbe thousands of shluchim, thousands of emissaries, thousands of Chabad houses. This is what tomorrow Yud Shmat is all about. And this is something that we celebrate. This is something that each and every one of us should celebrate because each and every one of us directly and indirectly benefits from. But there is something closer to home. And that is the Rebbe's view on our country, South Africa. The Rebbe always spoke in the most positive, confident terms about the future of South Africa. And at each and every pivotal moment, critical moment, when the Rebbe was asked, What now? The Rebbe would say, Continue, it's going to be good. And yes, there were naysayers and this and that, and the Rebbe always spoke about positive elements and how good it is and will be until the coming of Mashiach and beyond. And this is why right now more than ever this is what we need. To relive and to rekindle the message of the Rebbe and not to listen to those who speak about look at the situation. We've been through difficult situations. This country is blessed with wonderful people. This country is blessed with goodness. This country is blessed with so many things. Our Jewish community is the envy of the entire world. The entire world. I've traveled through the entire world. People speak about our educational system, our religious life, our kosher facilities, are social institutions, with envy. How is it that that little country is able to accomplish so much? There is something special, something extraordinary. We have to build on it. Chabad is building, building a brand new girls' high school. More and more young people are coming out because we have confidence. We listen to the message of the Rebbe, and the Rebbe's message is eternal and this is why now more than ever this is the message we have to listen to be strong, to be confident to use our faith, to use our trust and not to listen to those "Ah, it's all coming to an end I've heard that for the last 50 odd years it's coming to an end look at the rest of the world be honest in your assessment be objective in your assessment look at the rest of the world, and then look at life here. Parsha's bo talks to us about three powerful plagues, and God says, I made mockery of those who try to embarrass my people or hurt my people. God says, I will show you miracles as he does. Tomorrow we celebrate the li- well, the leadership of the Rebbe and the leadership of the Rebbe is unparalleled. Tomorrow we celebrate a great day, but we have to listen to his message as well. Parsha's both speaks to us about the liberation of the Jewish people coming out of Egypt, and that's an ongoing liberation. Ongoing liberation within oneself, within our historical reality within each and every single situation we have to have the capacity the ability to look beyond the obvious and to see the reality the reality of that which is good and that brings confidence and then brings clarity and that brings joy this is a shabbos and this is a time that we have to apply those values in the fullest sense of the word good shabbos